they actually no 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 you're right because I, I looked into it they didn't have the budget for animation so right, they had right, to go right. with animation animation so they had to go with animation which which again it's like you have a you have a low budget and you don't have enough time to correctly a- animate everything just mm-hmm. fucking animate it you know what I mean mm-hmm. do it in a And this is Brotakus, the show where two guys who love anime do a deep dive on what is and isn't worth watching. We believe you don't need a major in anime studies to enjoy this wild, beautiful, and strange art form, and we're lucky to have you on this journey with us. And Hal, who is that wild and beautiful strange creature to your right? Oh my goodness, who is this? I had no idea someone was sitting there. So this, actually, is my mabe, my lovely girlfriend. She is a a beautiful actress, slash singer, slash dancer, slash all-around badass from the Hudson Valley. And her name is Julia Kerr. Julia, introduce yourself. How are you today? I am good. Thanks for having me on your show, guys. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. We've been planning this for a little while. Um, for those of you watching, Julia has been um, super, super supportive of the show and super into Brotaku's and what we're putting out. We wouldn't have the show be the wonderful uh, monolith of greatness that it is today without her never-ending support. And, the ultra-popular um, monolith, yes. Yes, 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 <laughs> we yes, We truly yes. stand as gods among giants and giants <laughs> among men, men That's among ants, right. bigger thing among smaller thing. Fuck you, IGN Anime Club. Eat <laughs> <ate> my dick. <laughs> God. God, this is not uh, good. In case we ever, in case we ever collab with these people, this is not a good, not a good precedent to set. So, so everyone, for those of you watching today, um, Pax and I have had sort of a busy day, a few busy days of different anime watching. You know, we've watched like I don't know, like three different shows in the last like two weeks. I don't know. Like what that's a busy day. Is like you know, we uh, come home from the anime factory and yeah. sit down, watch some anime, finish with a little bit of. Uh, Anime. anime. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, if we're not tuckered off in the, uh, off, uh, if we're we not can fit tu- a little anime in there. We can fit a little anime in there. And if we yeah, need yeah, to tuck yeah. ourselves up before we go to bed, we still have too much energy. A little bit of hentai, go to sleep. Absolutely. Sweet angel, close your eyes, drift off into the never, happy never Happy ending end. to an anime-filled day. Um, so, speaking <laughs> of happy Christ. endings and um, lack thereof, at least, we watched a new film recently. This film came out, uh, gosh, within the last couple weeks, didn't it, Pax? It did, it did, it did. There is a new Studio Ghibli movie out. There is a new Studio Ghibli movie out. Um, Really quick, just as another plug, because it's a new thing, we have video podcasts now. And so Mm. I'm currently cosplaying as the main character from the movie we're watching today. Oh, and it's up here. It's like very spot on. Um, I have my hair and some... How would you describe this, Julia? Uh, The first thing that came to mind for me were reindeer antlers. Reindeer antlers. (laughs) Good. That's exactly exactly how you would describe... You ever hear see the game Rayman? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Rayman. Hell yeah! So, um, the reindeer antler possessing individual in this case is the titular character of the new Studio Ghibli movie Earwig and the Witch. Earwig and the Witch. So it is dropped on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. It's not in theaters, but this is a huge cultural moment. Every time there's a new Studio Ghibli, um, it, it it causes you know a little little earthquake in the culture because they're so damn good. Um, Hal, what's your favorite? Right. like Ghibli. 
Like my favorite. So oh, it's hard. I really, really, really love Princess Mononoke. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. I think really that good. one's hype as hell. Um, but I also really liked uh, Castle in the Sky. I thought Castle in the Sky was super duper cute. And yeah, um, yeah I guess those would be my top favorite. What about you, Julia? Uh, so I actually started watching Studio Ghibli films um, pretty early. Spirited Away was like one of my first memories of a film that I watched. And so mm-hmm. Spirited Away has like a very special place in my heart. I love the film. Um, yeah, I love Studio Ghibli, period. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'm hearing you, in the Patch? back. Which one's your favorite? I love, well, my favorite is Earwig and the Witch, what of are you course. Hearing? My favorite. What are you hearing? Oh, just, I got, I think, I think there's like snow blowing going on outside. Oh, yeah, there we go. Oh, my car's getting blasted. All right, keep up the good work, homie. Um, but my favorite is, without a doubt, Earwig <laughs> and the Witch. Um, because, right. really? Because. Right. Right? It's the best. It's, it's the best so movie. Well, yeah. So clearly, a lot of people clearly. say things like, and I and I wasn't expecting great things because this is not a when when you think Studio Ghibli, you usually think Hayao Miyazaki, who is the uh, who is one right. of the co-owner creators of the 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 thing and it, like directs all their best movies. Um, there are some other mm-hmm. people who have directed for it here and there, um, but traditionally, you think Ghibli, you think Miyazaki, known as the Disney of Japan. Right. Um, However, his son, um, Goro Miyazaki, has directed two films before this. One was storyboarded with his father called Up on Poppy Hill. It was actually pretty good. Um, the other one, though, is the only movie that I've ever, like, fallen asleep, like, immediately at. And it's called um, Tales of Earthsea. And it's <laughs> the pacing. Which is funny. It's is actually on my cursed. list on HBO. So I'm excited you're saying it. It's cursed? Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Um, yeah, the pacing is cursed, um, but yeah, 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 the pacing is absolutely cursed, and that's kind of a hallmark of Goro's films until Earwig and the Witch, which is the first 3D full-length thing that uh, Studio Ghibli has produced. It's dabbled in it before. They released a little limited web series that Goro directed, or, or uh, it, it aired in, in TV in Japan. It's called like a... So Ranma, the thief's daughter, something about like a bandit family. Um, but they also collaborated with uh, a studio to create the Nino Kuni games. If you've ever played Nino Kuni, uh, Nino Kuni: Wrath of the White Witch. There's Nino Kuni one and two, and they're really really fun games. And those have Ghibli designs, but I think the 3D work is done by a studio who, by a game studio that knew what they were doing. So it was like a really pleasant time. Right. Whereas um, Yurig and the Witch it's it's better than I, I I even could have imagined. I thought I knew what 3D animation was from some of my classic favorites like Paw Patrol and and the Netflix original series Popples. Um, normally animations for toddlers, but this just blew them out of the water, making choices even they would never choose to make with the animation. It's truly astounding. And people talk about Goro's strained relationship with his father, saying that you know his father's kind of disappointed because he, he keeps uh, serving as essentially a... a, 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 a uh, windmill that produces feces instead of electricity. But, uh, you know, I, I actually think that the studio's in good hands when uh, Miyazaki finally has his heart explode or something. I think uh, Hayao really has it all together. Are we, are we all in agreement here, bro? Uh, um, no, no, absolutely not. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree with you, Pax. Um, because I feel like I'm being negged harder than I've ever been negged in my entire life. Um, this movie was horrible. It was awful. It was the worst movie that I have ever seen. We hated it. We hated it 
so much that we actually talk to each other out loud throughout the entire film, which is something I do anyway. I'm actually horrible We're actually to watch passionate about how much we hate it. Yeah, it actually made me angry. I went to bed upset after watching that Oh, you that guys film. don't mean that. You guys don't mean that. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely mean that. It lacked everything that makes a Studio Ghibli film incredible. It lacked every single part of it. Yeah, there, there was something about the whole... Um, uh, film that I just absolutely hated, and um, and the characters and we hated that the animation and the plot we hated that yeah and the no um, you're, you guys are actually insane and you love it and I'm going to explain why yeah, uh, you please. see Kiki's delivery service right right Hal love it okay so uh, and and uh, Julia it seems as if you've just said that you, this lacked everything that makes a Miyazaki movie great right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, interesting. Well, then how come there's a, a female protagonist? How come there? Oh, isn't that something that makes it special? Oh, and also a a witch female protagonist like mm. exists in uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, and a black cat like is in Kiki's Delivery Service, mm. and it has magic like in Howl's Moving Castle, and mm. it takes place in England like Howl's Moving Castle, and so like your These are points. not making sense right, to right, me right, right now. Well, well, here here's the thing. Here's here's my counterpoint. Um, tell me, Pax, do you like uh, Coca Cola? For the sake of argument, I'll say I fucking love it. I can't okay. get enough. Have you ever had Dr. Thunder? I have I, I have had Dr. Thunder, yes. Okay. Would you say that those two are both comparable and one does not take, taste like Coca-Cola with garlic? Uh, well, no. And I'm going to own you with facts and logic here because oh, Dr. No. Thunder is a... Shapiro. Uh, is Because actually uh, Dr. Thunder is a uh, general store uh, brand of Dr. Pepper. You ignorant oh, lib. Fuck me in the ass. It's not Coca-Cola, it's Dr. Pepper. I'm gonna get fool. shot. I'm gonna get and shot. So uh as that I've was slain a terrible you again. Argument. Yes. Now I need to pick myself up off the floor. As I've slain you again with my logic blade, uh, we see that Earwig and the Witch is currently at a 32% rotten rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Which, you know, some people don't get it. And that's fair. Some people right. don't get well, it. Art is subjective. Yeah, and and that's the thing. You're gonna listen to a bunch of like uh, college liberal arts educated reviewers and mm-hmm. critics for the AV mm-hmm. Club, or are you gonna listen to me, someone who has literally done thousands of whippets and had a great time, and mm-hmm. whose brain is just like a nice warm bowl of pink oatmeal? They can really see through the genius of this. My brain is like all the slime physics in earwig mm-hmm. right now. So like the worms. Yeah, well, like the worms. So actually, I think that, that, that is explained. A... The worms were never explained. No, 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 no. We're gonna. They were. I'm sure they were. Maybe a metaphor for uh, how sometimes there's worms. So, you know? so Pax, what I'm hearing, if you would just do me a favor here, if you would do me a favor yeah. and walk the two of us and everyone watching through the the incredible labyrinth of genius that was Earwig the Earwig and the Witch, if you could just give us like a little guided tour through the movie, um, we would love that. Be our Willy Wonka through the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, for sure. So Earwig and the Witch is a story in which we open on we open on a, a epic, epic car chase mm. through the streets of England that is animated worse than anything you've ever seen. <laughs> on on purpose. Yes. On purpose. Goro knew what he was doing because he knew that compared to the beginning, the rest of the movie would be oh, perfection. It's like John Wick Parabellum levels of just like oh, gorgeous. Yeah, they did it. except it's like except it's like instead of handing someone their appetite or you punch them in the teeth like it's it's and then you hand them an entree like that's not that's not 
Well, and so just because Hal thinks that, you know, trauma can't build character and you never learn from upsetting instances <laughs> doesn't yeah. mean that that's not the case. So um, as we're, we're, we're ducking and diving in a way that feels like the camera is being held by someone with arthritis, even though it's a 3D camera that should be able to do all sorts of cool things. And as you're going down at this insane high speed chase that looks like it's taking place at about 35 miles per hour down this sleepy road. Um, you see that uh, there's this woman with uh, hair that looks like it's made out of uh, red Play-Doh that's been squeezed through one of those spaghetti makers. And as she's as she is puttering along the street really slowly, she's going in and out of traffic very calmly, and a car comes up behind her. And um, see, it's like a yellow taxi, but oh my god, its mouth opens up a little bit, and in a way that could have been done really coolly in 2D animation, but just instead looks like somebody with prostate cancer trying to spread themselves for a colonoscopy, a bunch of little like teeth come out and a little tongue. It's like, I'm an evil car. And the woman takes care of the evil car. How, Julia, through the most amazing thing. Julia, How please describe do? it for the audience. Um, She takes out a, a piece of her hair, right, if I'm remembering correctly, mm -hmm. and she lets it go behind her, and um, it I don't even know what it does. Does it take over the car? I so, so what we see as the audience is we see the hair float through the air. As it floats, it, like, gets sp sp sprinkled with all this magic color stuff, and then it hits the windshield as a mass of worms that gradually engulfs the windshield, which we can assume is blinding the driver and rendering the car inert. And you might think, well, it looks like this car is driving itself, because I don't even know if anyone's in it, plus yeah. it seems to be a self-driving magic car, so why does having some earthworms on the windshield do it? It's f fucking magic, dude. Yeah. It's because it's their magic. <laughs> Fucking earthworms, you dumb asshole. Uh, hello. Mm -hmm. It's clearly magic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, unfortunately, the 73% the of people on Rotten Tomatoes can't figure they out basics. They, they, they just don't see it. They, they can't see it. They don't have an imagination. Yeah, but so so this woman then uh, she she has a little bundle, mm -hmm. and it's like wow, this sure to seem almost identical to the original Harry Potter series of someone mm -hmm. leaving a child on a doorstep, but it's different. It's completely different because in that movie it was some dude taking it to a relative's house, and this time it's being taken to an orphanage. So mm -hmm. it's, I honestly don't see the similarities here. And, and Julia, can you describe what orphanage like is like uh, life is like? Like this witch drops this kid off. Like why? What's going on here? Um. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, coming through. Um, the, the the witch winds up dropping this kid off at like the orphanage doorstep. And how could you could you take that from here? Could you take the reins as we go through this masterpiece? What happens next? Yeah, yeah. So so uh, Ginger Lady comes up to the doorstep and she has this bundle of joy and she pulls off this cover and you see it's a little earwig. She's got the little earwigs. Even then, she's like, oh. Here you go, Earwig. I'm going to call you Earwig, and I'm going to sit you down on the doorstep, and I'm going to leave you here because they have the best shepherd's pie in the world. You're going to be a powerful <laughs> witch. You're mommy's special girl, and I'm going to be back in a decade. Have fun. Kid, why, kid, why do you need a mom? This place is all the pie you could need. What else is all a mom the for? The best Stupid shepherd's baby. pie. And I'm like, well, sign me the fuck up. I would love to be in this orphanage. I don't need my parents when I have shepherd's pie. And so that's so she like drops the baby, gets on her motorbike and rides away because 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 we're, uh, we're she gives us the impression at some point that there are these witches that are chasing her, that there are like 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 the Death Eaters uh, are, are hot on her tail. And mm. you think, oh, it is probably the evil car. Probably the evil car that tried to get her. Those are the, the mean witches that tried to get her. And you're like, OK, OK, this seems viable. She's dropping her baby off, keeping her safe, going off. 
And if but you think in another that, brilliant subversion, like you're probably thinking as maybe like a, an idiot member of the proletariat, just a, a kind of hunkering mass of just like, ooh, let me anticipate the plot. You'd probably think that all the rules of storytelling would tell you, oh man, we're going to meet these cool 12 witches and there, there's mm-hmm. going to be some battle and there's going to be some like plot progression and like an, an earned outcome and you're always going to play a part in this. <laughs> no, you idiot. Fuck no, you. Because, because this is new storytelling. This is new yes. storytelling where, where you take that rules of of writing and building a character arc and you put it away you throw that in a volcano man this is new Mm -hmm. school baby this is innovative when you really think about it that's so bohemian to just like kind of toss the rules away just to allow yourself to go with the flow and not really let the story go anywhere Oh, it's, no, no, it's true, and it's very bohemian. It's, it's, you know, this is so. It's, it's basically like if Rent wasn't a musical, and the plot was like ten percent different. It's right. just everyone freewheeling, having an right. awesome life. Yeah, 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 awesome yeah, yeah. Life. So, so tell us about the freewheeling bohemian life that Ewing experiences at the orphanage, because it's pretty fucking good, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, first <laughs> they change like her name. Bad for her. First, they do change. They change her name, her name from Earwig to Erica. They're like, hey, it says right. her name is Earwig. Nah. That name's bad. <laughs> Veto power her, over the kid's let's name. Let's call her Erica. I think that's a better name. Yeah, like you would yeah. like you would when you were adopting a cat from a shelter. Um, so, yeah. so now her name is Erica. And um, she just kind of lives her life as a queen. She is living her life as this little troublemaker in this orphanage. Um, what, what is the name of the, the kid that constantly follows her around? Well, they all of a sudden fast forward to I Custard. guess she's Custard, to be yes. seven. Yeah, she's like around seven, seven years old ish. Ish. She's got great diction. She's got a great vocabulary. Um, and uh, the way that her face is emulated, emulated, uh, uh, animated is a uh, a nightmare. It is a nightmare. Well, no, no, actually, you, you were correct earlier when you said um, animated. Animated? Because they actually, no, 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 you're right, because I, I looked into it. They didn't have the budget for animation, so right, they had right, to go right. with animation. Animation? So they had to go with animation, which, which again, it's like you have a you have a low budget and you don't have enough time to correctly a- animate everything. Just mm-hmm. fucking animate it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do it in a new <laughs> <laughs> just anime. <laughs> so okay, so so essentially, Julia, like, what what do we have when we're looking at her? Like, like, who rules the orphanage? Oh, she definitely does. Right, right, for sure. She absolutely rules it, and she has a pretty great relationship with the the woman who owns the orphanage. But for a second there, we didn't, we weren't sure if she actually had a relationship with her or if she was being deceivious and malicious towards her. And if her intentions Deceptive. were pure. Yeah. Wait, what did I say? Deceivious. deceivious. I love that. Fuck yeah. Hey, man, hey, now hang out. on, hang on. No, hang on. It's okay. She's, she, we, we have a limited time here. There's only so much time we have to record. If you need to combine words to shorten... To shorten things and to quicken that's, things up, fuck, that's you're a so perfectly right. valid. You're perfectly so right. And Julie was also right because again, they can't afford good writers to make someone deceptive so and mischievous. Two characters? You fucking kidding me? You gotta make them dis- 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 <laughs> You gotta fucking get it in there. Peanut butter and jelly time, baby. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. So. Okay, so. We we have this this idea that um, 
Earwig Erica is in charge of the orphanage. She's a spoiled little brat. And, and I don't know, Pax, did you have any indication that, like, oh, this is a character I'm going to like when you first meet Earwig? Or, or was it more like, oh, this kid sucks? I definitely um, did because Earwig understands um, the basic arts of manipulation. And as someone who spends all my time listening to, you know, pickup artist CDs about how to neg women and destroy and gaslight people. As a Sigma male. As as a Sigma male. As a Sigma male. As a Decepticon male. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as the Liger male. um, uh, I I definitely understand (laughs) Um, and so I, I did like how her, I, I like the visual storytelling of how her face would be extremely sweet and her voice would be very sweet and then it would completely drop and change and you would see a completely different side and she'd get all like witchy eyed and, you know, looking crazy. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was well done and it made it very clear that, uh, yeah, this is a queen of deception. This is, this is a, this is a liger lady. You know what yeah. I mean? This is a Sigma Alpha Omnicron Alpha Delta Charlie woman. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. And and so everything is going hunky dory for uh for Erica Earwig, Decepta Earwig, and and until the fateful day when the the matron's like, Hey, someone showed up to adopt a kid, Earwig, do you want to be adopted today? And she said, No, but I have to see them anyway. And and Julia, when these two individuals come into the orphanage, what is the overall vibe? Yeah. You get from these two people. Okay, so it is this. Lame is the two people that own the bar, that's them. The Tenardiers? Oh yes, that's them. Is that's that not them? accurate. That is yeah. very good. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's them. Uh, that's the, the really tall guy walks straight through the door. Um, he doesn't have to open it. And the woman, and, and when you say when you say walks through the door, do you mean like what, can you can you like describe that for us like like visually? Right. So the door uh-huh. was closed. Yes. And he walked through the closed door. Ah, okay. Well, See, and, you know they they only cho- they only they only made that character a thing because they couldn't afford animating a door opening. Actually, they couldn't right. uh, they couldn't right. afford to animate. Right. But nobody else noticed besides Earwig. Right. And, and just just to be clear, we don't mean that he walked through the door so that like the wall just like like the Kool-Aid man. He didn't come through. <laughs> like, no, he like he like phased through it like a phantom. Yeah. <laughs> like like just to be clear. Um, totally. So- yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and how Earwig's like deception, because we were saying that, you know, Earwig is very um, uh, uh, mischievous with with her uh, method of communication. <laughs> and um, the form that that takes is like around her, her um, uh, caretakers, she'll be like, Oh, my sweet caretakers, I love you very much. I dream of the day that I'll one day be hired by... Or not hired, you don't hire a kid. <laughs> I dream of the one day I'll be adopted by a nice family, and I love you so much, and it's been so valuable being with you. And then every time an adult comes in, and they nail the vibe of, like, adults looking at these kids as if they're, like, literal, like, puppies and cats in an animal shelter, being like, oh, which one should I take? Um, She, like... And, and, and now that we have this visual element, I can do that. She's just, like, knots up her eyes. Oh, and like perfect. And yeah. she screws up up her face so that she's just like 
<laughs> like looking like this little goblin girl so that all the adults who see her but the caretakers don't see her are like ah man should we go with custard the cool blonde kid who's nice or should we go with this girl from the exorcist <laughs> i don't know and so it's a pretty good grift that she's running again Hustle. We love Earwig. Brilliant character. Brilliant character. So, um, but but the, these two weirdos come in, and what happens? So these two weirdos come in, and so the tall guy has like really long pointed ears. He looks like an elf, and I'm thinking, mm. oh, this guy's an elf. He's definitely an elf, I guess. Elf. I think you this. actually said that. I was like, he's an elf. No, you said he was a vampire. Yeah, or something. I thought he was like a vampire or an elf or something like that. And meanwhile, the woman comes in, I'm like, well, she's a witch, because she has the same kind of long textured hair that the mommy had in the beginning, except it's blue. And so I'm like, oh, okay, okay, here's the witch. Now we and got And when a you say the same, we should make it clear. Literally, literally, the model the models are identical. I, They're yes. completely the same, but yes. one is blue. <laughs> yes, and so and and to, and this woman, you know, is, is substantially more stout, has a lot more girth to her, and she looks mean. She looks like a mean, mean lady. Okay, so now thick bitches is mean and bad, and you hate uh, plus this size thick people. Is, mean. is what you're going for? And they're all witches, is what you're saying? Like, you know, it is 2021. Yikes. I should probably check myself. Getting a little hateful in the Zoom today. <laughs> So anyway, uh, this woman's name, immediately they pick out uh, uh, Earwig, probably because the the big tall dude is like, all right, well, let's take the ugliest, saddest looking kid and abuse them as much as we possibly can. <laughs> and uh, and it works. And so they just kind of pluck uh, Earwig out. But, but, oh, but here's the other thing. Here's something that I that I had to say out loud as, as we're sitting there watching it. Julie and I are sitting and watching this on the couch. And... They're looking like the man does not looks at her once, looks at Earwig once as the matron is like, oh, and here's Custard. He likes pizza, riding a bike <laughs> and hanging out with his friend. And oh, this is Erica. Do you like her? And he looks down at her and he's like, this yeah. one will do. <laughs> Says nothing. Face does not change. Woman just looks down at her like, this one. And there's and the matron's still like, three left. Right. And the matron's like, okay. That's it. No background check. There's nothing like, hey, look at this eight foot tall man. That, that like, these people, there's like, no, oh, hey, where do you live? Oh, what are your interests? Have you ever had children before? Nothing. Just like, all right, Eric, well, there's, <clears> you're <throat> going home with this tall, scary man and his angry, you know, Paula Abdul, not Paula Abdul, uh, Rosie O'Donnell looking wife. <laughs> Like, Whoa, um, like Donald Trump now. You're bringing this energy? Seriously? No, Rosie we're, we're O'Donnell anti- is what no, I No, 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 but Donald Trump hates Rosie O'Donnell. That's what I'm saying. Does he? Yeah. You're basically, hey, you're basically the DJT you of Brotakus now. Fat yeah. shaming Bobby Yaga. Ro- Rosie O'Donnell. Shitting hates on Rosie her. O'Donnell. Being wrong no about your way, way being good. Mm-hmm. No, that's his whole he thing. He's like, no talent, Rosie. Very, no very way. sad. Yep. I said she's very unattractive. No, he's got like a thousand yeah. tweets about her. He's just yeah. like, little piggy Rosie, very wrong about I, me on The View, very low class Rosie. I like can't text Jonah anymore things. because he's suspended. It doesn't exist. Uh, anyway. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> pour, one, pour, one out, pour one out for OG Brotaku's mega fan, Donald J. Trump. <laughs> Peace be with you, man. Miss your Twitter, miss your posting. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> sorry, oh bro. Oh my god. And sorry we had to kick you off the show. It's just the vibes were not getting good. You know, mm-hmm. we uh cursed, cursed vibes. Very cursed vibes, dude. You didn't stay on topic at all. You know, I didn't stay on topic. Just wanted to rant about how just wanted to rant about how Greta Thunberg should be thrown into a volcano. So <laughs> it's really not the type of stuff we're looking for on our anime podcast. Anyway. anyway. You're, you're, ta- you're talking about the easy process that they had just picking yes, a kid. Just plucking this child out of the orphanage, taking her home. Yeah. And they do. They just take her home and then they toss her in a room and they're like, here's your room where you're going to be working in the next two hours. Have fun. And that's it. And, um, Pax, what does this house look like to you? It's just like a cool house. I don't know. It's like a house on the countryside. But, but here's the thing. As we've recapped this plot... I think we could recap like literally the rest of the entire story in like three sentences. <laughs> like it's Probably. so yeah. It's uh so cool how the story is less about what happens and more about what doesn't happen or what could have happened in a mm-hmm. cooler, right. better movie. Mm-hmm. Um but so uh it's just a house. I don't know though, the whole thing looks like it was modeled in like Gary's mod. It's like not a super it's it's like I'm playing a game from like Call of Duty 2 and it, it, straight up like some of the mm-hmm. brick textures look like they were ripped from Skyrim nobody has any like oh, like yeah that was the other all thing the fabrics they don't have any texture on them no one's skin has any hair everything is just so smooth the whole the cat yeah they this, look like they're made of rubber they, yeah they do they look they like do. they're made of rubber or silicon um, except for even the hair looks like it's yeah. made like it's been sculpted um but but there are a couple a couple select things that are like interactable so you can always tell say like in old 60s cartoons like oh you know scooby and the gang are uh searching the hallways and there's like a bunch of bookcases there's a secret entrance around here somewhere i wonder which book opens a secret bookcase and it's probably the one that's brighter than all of the others and has texture lines around it that is how this movie is animated in that like the rest of the house looks like shit. Looks like it doesn't exist. Like, you couldn't even touch it. But, like, the witch's hat, when Earwig is looking for it later in the film, looks incredible. You can see, like, the fibers on it from, like, ten feet away. And and it's just, like, there's such an inconsistency with how things are textured and animated and just... Boy. <laughs> Yeah, so so Julia, what was it like for you seeing the visually the visual stylings of the best Ghibli film and the first mm-hmm. 3D Ghibli film? Like, because because as someone who probably saw animated movies from like 2003, these styles should have been pretty familiar to you. But I'm I'm sure. curious, like, how you would describe all this stuff. So it was less for me the anime. It was less about the animation that was frustrating to me, and more about the fact that. I didn't get a sense of the world. Like there was no fantastical world that was created. Um, as well as like just these characters with incredible, uh, moral compasses that you really root for and that you have like these emotional responses to. I just like didn't get any of that. So I was like less focused on the animation. I didn't even pay attention to it really because of how frustrated I was by the lack of um, plot. Was it a lack of plot or was it the, it's like jazz. It's the plot that isn't there that you really got to listen to. You know what I mean? Like the the lines. lines. Right. And that's what I want to do when I'm watching a movie. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and so the the rest of the plot kind of consists of Earwig for forty five minutes being told to go like go pick grass and raspberries from the <laughs> the, uh, the the porch, listening to like the vinyl CD and like a cassette that was like the one belonging her mother left to her. Um, she eventually talks to the cat. They spent about uh, f- they spent about like uh, I four think hours. A night, yeah. Huh. A night say, one. Well, a night, yeah, but I was going to say it feels like four hours, which is mm-hmm. cool. It's like it brings you back to being a kid when every minute of this film feels like an hour of real time, where mm-hmm. it's like your life is being stretched as you're entering the horizon of a black hole. You're being stretched <laughs> across time space. That's what watching every minute of this movie is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, if you like Interstellar, like, I don't see why that's an issue because it's right. basically the same the thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Uh, she she makes spells with the cat. She gets yelled at or talks, makes breakfast like but, four but separate I, times. Why does she, what spell does she make with the cat and why? Oh, God. I don't like that you're pointing this out. This might be a little, might be a little flaw in the movie that they spend so much time on this. The, 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 the spell they make is the, you, you, the anti-spell spell. <laughs> It's the you can't touch me spell. It's the fuck you, I'm invulnerable spell. It would be like me turning on god mode in a game of Call of Duty. And and, and what it is is she makes this potion using the textbook that Bella Yaga left laying about in the workshop. And she's like, (laughs) the cat's like, oh no, the witch keeps threatening to give us worms. And she says, I'll give you worms, which to me sounds like something you would take your cat to the vet for. Like, I... That's and the cat's terrified of the spell. She's like, "Oh, oh, he, she's done this to me multiple times, and I'm not about to do it again." And, it's and cool I'm like, that you literally, never see what is even meant by that. It's cool. You, you do you, at the very end, almost. You kind of do, um, but like, but you don't. You don't. She basically the switch is like, "Hey, you better pick these raspberries for me, or I'm going to give you a parasite." <laughs> <laughs> That is her threat throughout the entire film. Like, you better work hard or I'm going to give you tapeworms. Yeah, no wonder she wasn't really scared. Right, she was like, that's... Okay. Well, it would have been... You got to understand, this is a all-ages movie, right? An Uh all-ages movie. And that includes older people, Mm -hmm. right? They are they have they are aged perhaps more than any of us even are all ages because they've experienced more ages than we have. True. And so if you have too much excitement in a movie, like it's cool that that instead of like experiencing all these different spells and seeing them cast and seeing, you know, your way getting turned into different things or being bullied by Baba Yaga or uh, Bella Yaga. I think Baba Yaga is John Wick. <laughs> right. Exactly. You see all, all these it, great it works. It works. But it's cool that instead of getting to see any of that, immediately she does the thing that like I used to do when I was eight and playing a game where I'd be like, shield, shield, you can't touch me, shield, your superpower doesn't work, shield, shield, get fucked, shield. Um, that they basically do that with magic. And that there's only one opportunity for that to even work. Um, because if it was too exciting, my point being, some mm-hmm. of those people of all ages might have a heart attack and die. With COVID going on, there might be cormo- co- mm-hmm. like comorbidities. You don't want to give anybody heart palpitations by being excited too much at a nice family-friendly movie. True. Gotta keep it at a simmer. They Gotta were, keep it down they low. They were so considerate about that. Right, but but threat of intestinal parasite, that is something that's pretty low-key, something approachable for all ages, and something that I think we've all had a little bit of experience with. 
for sure i've filled with worms i'm like i'm like oogie boogie from nightmare before christmas i'm like a hacky sack full of tapeworms uh but it's because i love western new york sushi (laughs) (laughs) pulled out a lake erie baby which is jazzing so um when 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 she finally does get worms can you describe the amazing visual effect of what happens with worms so essentially what happens is um the girl is just like the girl just messes with her all the time the girl finally is like oh i'm gonna mess with the witch and get my revenge she does through something that really doesn't matter and she's already used this potion that is supposed to make you invincible against all magic and so the witch is like that's it you're getting worms that's it i'm doing it and you're like oh, doing the worms. i'm doing the worms and you're like okay here it comes and she's in the bedroom and suddenly she looks up and storm clouds start uh, mm. swirling above her head and i'm like oh she's about to get fucking smited she's about to get smoked by this woman um, and you see like a blue vortex open up as like an eldritch god is about to like reach his hand down and like pull on her pigtails or some shit. And instead, what you get is uh, a pile of blue and purple gummy worms <laughs> on the ground and a mess. And they just lay there and they look at it. They're like, it worked. We're invulnerable to all magic. And... (laughs) Wait, I'm sorry. When they actually cast the anti-magic spell, when they actually cast the anti-magic spell, do you remember, so they're flipping through the book and you see the titles of these, like, and and they all seem like cool titles. There's, like, making your next-door neighbor die, giving your husband carbon monoxide poisoning so you could get railed guilt-free by your tennis coach. They're all, like, really specific, like, you know, how to love potion. How to win first place in a dog contest. Yes. That, that is in a dog beauty contest. That is one of the spells that she mentions. And I'm like, oh, okay. So she's a medicine woman for white suburban moms. Yeah. You gotta admit, a legitimately funny moment is the cat that can talk is like guiding is guiding earwig through the spell. And the 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 cat is like reciting the spell. And at one point the cat is going like Labidabi, Shlibabadabada. And Earwig goes like Yadidabi, Shlidabidabida. And and at one point the cat trips up and the cat goes like Shlibabo, Shlib Meow, Shlam. Earwig repeats it verbatim and adds the meow. And afterwards, I thought there were going to be repercussions because right, the cat goes, because the cat literally goes, yeah, Earwig, I I actually got confused and forgot halfway through and I started cursing and then I said meow and you said meow. So I don't know what that's going to do, but it's probably going to be fine. And you'd think, well, of course, That's there's Chekhov's gun right fine. there, baby. Chekhov's gun mounted on the wall, going to be used and shot. Keeping that for later, what's going to go wrong with the spell? Nothing. 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 Subverting your expectations, like yep. all good art. Yep. <laughs> Subverting it. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Joke's yep, on yep. you. And, so, and, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one thing that that I really loved about this film was the expectation for action but never getting it. It would be like mm-hmm. if... um. If, like, in Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, we were watching Palpatine slowly groom Anakin Skywalker to become Darth Vader, and instead, at the end, Anakin went, yeah, he's a Sith Lord, you should arrest him. And then he mm. goes to jail, and that's it, and that's the end of the movie. Uh, and, 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 like, 
that the action that you're expecting is in the Mandrake, which is this tall, ga- the tall, gaunt figure. Rarely speaks. He's clearly got some pretty severe anger issues. Anger issues that Super he internalizes. Cool he is very cool looking. Can, can, like Julie, can we get like a confirmation, like with the veins and the like thunderbolt fireworks eyes, like? Yeah, and uh, the anger issues. Yeah. Yeah, but like, what happens when he gets angry? Um, his eyes like freaking come out of his head and his ears get really big and he spouts fire and goes nuts. Right. So, so you get this kind of like this hint of like, Ooh, is he going to lose it this time? No, no, he's cool. He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. He's like, Oh, maybe not. Maybe this is the thing. And then he's like, nah, nah, nah. He's good. And when, when it finally, when the pot finally boils over, um, it happens when the witch tries to drop the worms on her head and she's like, mm, no, mm, magic spell. Fuck you. And, um, um, she, what she does is she had made a hole in the wall in a previous scene that leads to the mandrake room, and she lets the worms crawl through the the hole in the wall, all of them, every single one. And at the end, you hear the mandrake freak the fuck out, and you're like, uh oh, the worms went up his butthole. That's it, and now he's <laughs> mad. And, and maybe, that's, maybe that's what it is. I think that's what it is. I think the worms go up your butt. No, I think that that's totally what it is. Because here's the thing is the witch was like very clear, like, this is not something you want. And I will do this yeah. and it will be uncomfortable. And then you kind of, you watch it happen. You're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. And then the mandrake starts freaking the fuck out on the other side of the wall. And you're like, mm, yep, they definitely went up his butt. Definitely yep. went up his butt. That like definitely an evil never butt. crossed my mind, but I'm definitely glad you thought about it. They definitely went up his butt. All 39 of them. And um, <laughs> so he eventually comes through the wall, and he's got, like, scales, and he's, like, got bangs. He's got, like, the sharp ear. His ears are sharp, and he's got, like, a fucking tail. And I'm like, oh, he's not a demon vampire elf man. He's a dragon. Uh, but they never now, say I that thought he's a dragon. The, this was like the worst part of the movie because he it looked so visually impressive and it was like legitimately stunning in yeah. a way where I'm like, if I wanted to see something that actually looked really cool, I would just go watch like the Lord of the Rings movies. Right, like, I would watch I, like, like the Desolation here? of Smog. Why does this look so cool and why does this like make me excited? It's like Also, I was like, that witch is dead, bro. She's done. She's toast. Because the witch is in there like, what'd you do with the worms? She's like, oh, I put him in the man room. I think they're in his butt now. And he comes to her and he's like, there are worms in my butt! And he's like very, very mad. And he freaks the fuck out. And Your viewers just like, need to know that that is not that what That is happened. exactly what happened. They did and, not you see him go in. You see him go in. see them go up there. It's like James no. the Giant One Peach. Time, and he's peach. forced. He has to let it happen. That's the curse. It's and, true. Um, and he he's freaking the fuck out. He's all like eight feet tall, big old tail, and breathing fire. And you're like, oh, he's going to kill that witch. And it looks amazing. It looked incredible. And then Earwig is like, okay, have fun. She leaves. And then everything's fine. He comes in and he's like, hey, so uh, sorry I had to see that. Uh, She's not going to do that to you again. And um, in the meantime, don't bother me again. Yeah, and they start to cultivate, like, throughout the movie, like, some kind of of a relationship. But they never really expand on it. And I kind of hoped that he would be kind of a father figure towards her or something like that. That that relationship would grow. Mm, But it just never Well, Well, hang on. That is our fault. That is our fault. Because you and I specifically come from the perspective of... um, 
two people that live together and love each other and we want that sort of relationship for other people we want to ship people and, and it's very clear at some point at the end of the movie that Mr. Mandrake and Earwig's mom may or may not have had some kind of relationship and so we think like oh perhaps the Mandrake is her dad but that's our fault okay. that is our so- prejudice and we we can't come at it from that angle so Julia we haven't touched on this at all give us the band B plot Give us the B-plot of like what's going on. I was just thinking about that. We never touched on that. Mm -hmm. So you find out um, that actually Earwax's mom was in a band (laughs) with her new parents. And that the three of them were actually in a band together. What is the band called though? Um, Earwig. So she named her daughter after her band. After leaving the band. Right. Yeah. Well, as is normal, it's what you got to do. It's like it's like a uh, uh, Paul Simon's uh, daughter, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So she ends up leaving the band, but you never really find out why, what fight they got into, what it was that created this rift within their relationship. But you do know that Earwig's mother has a relationship with the man Drake, which leads you to believe. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads you to believe that he could possibly be the father. Yeah, because there's this. Well, I don't. No, there's there's just like weird vibes all in all, like with what's going on, because it totally seems like they are a roaming poly triad, like just I, a yes. A, be because Earwig's mom and um, Bella Yaga, who Bella Yaga played drums, and there's a cool moment in here with Bella Yaga drums. It's kind of cool. And Earwig's mom, like, is Casey Musgraves in the English version, and she like sings and voices it. And um, the the oh, God, how um oh oh you know who um Mandrake looks like? He looks like Howard Stern with yeah, if he was drawn yeah, by yeah, a yeah. weeb, like yeah. with the the big blue hair. And sure. as they're driving along in like a, a uh, you know look like the California the, the, like coast. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Over the California coast. And um, Ear- Earwax's mom is like leaning over, like about to just like plant some like some thick slabs of tongue on Mandrake. <laughs> and then Beliaga is like <laughs> turning and like she looks like Earwax's mom looks at Beliaga and they share a little glance too. And it's yeah, like total vibes, total vibes. <laughs> yeah, so she finds their old record. Mm. And just happens to start listening to the record of the band that her mother was once in. And which. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> which is great. They have one song. They yeah. have one song. <laughs> one song called. They uh, were a one hit wonder. Do, do Not Disturb Me was the name of the album. <laughs> yep. Oh, and, uh, man. And so right after. You would think that, like, you would see your wig, like, actually manipulating these people or growing on them, but she doesn't seem to grow on Beliaga at all. She doesn't really seem to grow on the Mandrake at all over time. She only tries one prank on Beliaga ever. It doesn't ever escalate from anything. But uh, 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 escalation, if I wanted escalation, I'd walk up a Stairmaster, baby. Just give me that mm-hmm. escalator. Bring me right to the point, dog. Mm-hmm. Um, because right after there's the discovery that, ear- oh, Earwig. Earwig, you're that girl named Earwig from our band, Earwig, who, oh, like the kid that our ex-witch friend dropped off at the orphanage, who was also named Ear, Earwig, that's you, you're the same Earwig, it's like, it's so, it's just pants on head, the worst Wait, thing do I've they ever realize seen. That? They, they never mention it. 
Right. Oh, they don't. Dog, they never mention so it. Right. They, you're so they're right. They're just kind of like they never touch on that. Right. Literally, what happens is there's this explosion from the Mandrake. There's this realization that oh, they were all in a band at one point, and the Mandrake is like, all right, well, get the fuck out of your kid. Go back to your room. Um, you're right, because th- them realizing that would have made the bond better. Right, but right. all of a sudden, everything just becomes kind of hunky-dory. Well, well the thing is, it's like, your wig's like, hey, you're a writer, right? And the Mandrake is like, yeah. And she's like, well, I read some of your work. Could I read more? Oh, he's a writer. That's right. He's a writer. And he's just like, yeah, okay. And then and then the next scene, boom! Uh, her room is all done up. She's got demons serving her hand and foot. She doesn't necessarily work for the witch anymore. The mandrake comes in and is just like, do you want some breakfast? And she's like, yeah, I'd like this, this, and this. Servant, thank you. Chop, chop. And he's like, yeah, okay. And then he leaves. And she's just like, like at the beginning of the movie, everyone does what I want, and I want it, and I'm going to get it, and because I'm awake, and that's how I live. And, and like, that's it. There's no growth. There's no point A to point B. Nope. None. No character it's just, arc. And it doesn't even make sense because like all she did was like compliment the dude's writing like that was it. Once and then it flashed six months later. And she's also getting along with Bella Yaga really, really well after completely fucking her over and sicking sick seeking sicking like the king of flame demons on her. You know what I mean? You could you could rag on me for trying to <laughs> say skipping and skipping, skip sclopping. It's just um, it's- it's just, and, and I think the very end is, um, cause <laughs> here's the thing. While Drew and I are watching it, I'm like pausing it periodically and I'm looking like, how much time is left? We kept doing it. We were like, what? I'm like, this movie's already half over. Like, where's this going? I'm like, nothing has happened. And you're telling me that this movie's half done. And then we're like, okay, there's 15 minutes left. What are they going to do in 15 minutes? What is minutes? about to happen? Something's about to happen. Nope. Nothing happened. It was so unsatisfying. But, hey, the mom does come back. The mom does come back and find her at the very end, right before the credits. Why? <laughs> they but never talk. She just knocks on the door. You don't need, yeah. yeah, she just knocks on the door. You don't even get the satisfaction of her reuniting with her daughter. Nah. You don't even know if that happens. Nope. We, you know, we actually don't even know if she is her daughter. Maybe it is just another kid named Earwig who was really into the band Earwig. <laughs> That's <laughs> maybe, true. Maybe, yeah, maybe, um, maybe what caused the rift is that this woman stole a child. Maybe, maybe from another orphanage. From a de- mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. She pl- that was like her. Maybe that was like her kink. Right. She was like traveling around stealing children from orphanages and then depositing them at other orphanages. <laughs> this is gonna mess up their systems. This is gonna mess up their papers. <laughs> like, actually, that's what actually, the kinky traveling band triad keeps stealing children and replacing them at different orphanages. We need to catch these sex freaks and these sex pests before they replace more children and separate orphanages. It's like that's and you see, this is the cool stuff that happens. If it had a more concrete plot, would we be thinking of this cool stuff? We would not. No, we wouldn't. We'd be too busy talking about how good a movie it is by your right. Western imperialist standards. Mm-hmm. Swine. And also the um um the I don't know if you got to see the Japanese version, but we watched it, the English version, and it, Hal was very uh, distracted by the fact that it didn't match up with the mouth movement. Let me be real with you for a second. Starting this movie in English. I could not bear it after 30 seconds. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was really, really trying. I actually looked to see if there was like a Japanese audio, if there was like Japanese audio, and there was no Japanese audio available on HBO Max. And so, what mine was, I was able to switch it like that. 
No, I looked it up, but I, I tr- all it showed me was different subtitles. It didn't yeah. give me another. I think you needed to like back out and like change mm. it on the previous screen. Because here's the You're thing. You're telling me we could have watched that. That would have made it so time. much better. That would have made thing. up for all, all of it. And I wish I'd watched more of it in English because that would have made it more of a surrealist horror experiment. Like I was looking into the mind of <laughs> Werner Herzog. Um, because I, I can't believe you're not being more mean to Earwig than you are. Because that was literally the worst, the worst dubbing I have seen in my life. Ever. Horrid. I was like, it was this so is a Studio Ghibli film, right? This is, in fact, a yeah, Studio Ghibli film. Yeah, I kept thinking that, too. So, and, so uh, explain, explain, explain yes. what you mean by, like, the mouth movements matching up, in case it's so, not, like, clear. So, typically, when, uh, when, it, when an animation company tries to dub over Japanese audio, oftentimes what they do is they alter the English... Uh, dialogue to match what the Japanese animation is doing. So, so the, the translation may not be exactly the same. They might be different. Like, there might be weird pauses. Like, in, in Dragon Ball, there are a lot of weird pauses yeah. where you're like, okay, they, they definitely changed the audio to make it match up with the animation. They definitely changed the lines, but that's okay. They made it work. Goro Miyazaki, they threw that out the window. And they said, okay, what if we just made it sound like, you were watching a movie in one room while other people were saying entire were like speaking yeah. the text of an entirely different film from another room. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it literally felt like that was being pumped. I yeah. was like, there's no way these are the correct subtitles, or or you know, maybe maybe the audio is just from a different film lined up on here. Like it was so so distracting that I had to keep stopping the film and saying, like, please tell me we can watch this in Japanese, like for for the love of fuck. <sighs> exactly. Well, so I, I, I literally couldn't imagine watching the whole thing in English because it. I, I, I can't describe just how excruciating it is to watch the dub job. Like it's, it's, it's painful. It's really, really painful. So I'm glad I watched it in Japanese. So I saw it as it was intended. So I could really focus on all the plot defects and interesting little choices that were made. It was really the connoisseur's way to do it. So unfortunately for me, I'm a little pain pig. So it really Mm. doesn't, it really doesn't matter about how much pain I endure because it only makes me stronger. That's all it does. Uh, So I'm really glad that we were able to watch that together because... Um, it would essentially be like if we were to hold hands and walk through a bed of burning coals barefoot. Um, yeah. We were able to do it together. And uh, the scars that we will hold for the rest of our lives will only be a mark of our eternal love. You see, this movie's great. It brought you all it's together. It's a unifier. See. I'm sorry you can't be grateful for getting more united with your partner over a great piece of art. It's yeah. kind of hard for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, I I am curious, Julia, rating this out of a 10, what would you give this out of 10, the English version of Earwig? I would give it a 1.3. Okay. And I think that would be generous. Like, I think that's me sprinkling in um, some kindness in there. Like, the 0.3 is is nice. Hal? I'm going to be honest. I would actually give it, like... I would actually give it like a a, a two and a half mm. because to give it anything under a two to me would be something that would be like um like an AMV on YouTube. That is what it would be like for me. 
Um, I would way rather watch old My Chemical Romance AMVs yeah, than watch Earwig again. Yeah, yeah, or or like um, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess like a two point five because it was a movie and um, it was am amelmated. Um, it was amelmated. <laughs> it was amelmated, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it didn't so make me throw would, up. What would you would give, give it? it I'd give it like a three in Japanese. In Japanese, it was a lot more bearable, but I could only imagine giving it a one in English. Every time I, I changed back to it, I, I couldn't. I, I And I'm considering five as like an average thing I feel indifferent about sure. and zero mm-hmm. being like the lower end. So I think that like six through ten would be er, positive and four through zero would be like poopy, poopy, doo doo. Yeah. So what was good in this movie? Was there anything good? What are your highlights? Yeah, my highlight is this, um, the cat. I really enjoyed the cat. Um, I usually don't like cats. I have a theory that cats are reincarnated schizophrenics, but I really enjoyed this cat. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. You don't get to drop that without explaining. You have a theory. What is they, What is your theory behind that? My theory is yeah. exactly that. It's that cats are reincarnated schizophrenics. How did you come to this theory? How did it you just, arrive It just at came this? to me. I was given it. From a higher power. That sounds like something a schizophrenic would say. I meant to share it with the world. (laughs) A little voice came into my ear and told me the truth of the world. Yeah. And that was it. Cats are the schizophrenics. (laughs) Anyway, Juliet. But I really, I usually don't like cats and I really enjoyed this cat. Um, And that would be my one highlight. And the fact that um, the protagonist was a woman. Um... But besides that, there was really very little that was redeeming about this film. Yeah. It just provoked no emotion, emotional response in me at all. Yeah. You know, usually Miyazaki films, I haven't seen any other Goro Miyazaki films yet, um, but usually like the Hayao Miyazaki films have really great soundtracks. Usually That's I'm paying attention true. to that and I'm trying to listen for, for the like recurring themes. Cause a lot of times they have sort of like an overture um, yeah. where, where you have recurring themes throughout the film that, that really, really bring these moments together. And, um, was there even music in this there, one? There know. was music and it there was, was kind song. of, it, well, it invoked, <laughs> it invoked the same feeling in me that like my alarm clock does at six thirty in the morning. Um, like that immediate, uh, the shock followed by immediate anger. We actually, there was a one, great description. That, that one piece of, um, music where we thought they were about to bust out into a musical. Yes. Yes. There was one moment where the witch was like starting to get to work on, um, oh. on like all her stuff. And I expected it we to be like, four unfortunate souls, <laughs> like the little mermaid. I was expecting something like that. But and it just, it never just came. didn't happen. I was like, there's gotta be a musical number in here. There's gotta be. It's about a band. And like, no. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Uh, well, that's very fair. I think some of the slime was nice. Some of the slime animations and then the slime? water animations oh, looked okay. So let, let me let me give y'all the the background behind the production here. So okay. my understanding of this is that this was a collaboration between Studio Ghibli, um, NH and NHK and NHK Enterprises, which is uh, uh, like the uh-huh. Japanese public broadcasting company, and that the kind of intent behind this, along with like Goro's previous work, was to say, okay, well, 3D is way cheaper than doing a full 2D animation thing. It's why mm-hmm. Disney hasn't done it in forever since I think what was the last one? Um, uh, Princess and the Frog, like. Uh, pres- 
Goro's trying to do this 3D stuff, one, because it's insanely cheaper, like way cheaper, especially because there are moments in this that do look like they were animated for Paw Patrol, like some really just like mm-hmm. what, who created this type um, mm-hmm. stuff. But also there is um, a sense of increasing their workload because Hayao Miyazaki, he's gone into retirement twice and he's come out each time because he's feeling like he kind of needs to work to live. And um, Goro, it's kind of like, well, who's going to who's going to keep this going on? But similarly, who's going to pump out some more profitable films? Because if mm. people start watching 3D Ghibli features that are made not with in-house animators, there were some in-house, but most of them were contractors. So this was like some um, Uber or Lyft stuff where they were hiring outside people to do it. the heavy lifting here, outside assets, which is why which is why a lot of these assets do not look like they fi- follow any type of style guide, right? Like it, it looks a lot like it's like, okay, well let's, let's buy this um, liquid texture from like the, from like after effects and this texture from like uh, unreal engine and like, you know, cobble it all together. And it's kind of macabre, just kind of fucked up. Uh, Frankenstein. Uh, it's a, it's a Frankenstein, Frankenstein. experiment. And it, people love Frankenstein. <laughs> it makes me nervous for how this could potentially affect the um, studio Ghibli name and, um, perception of of this thing you know i i actually disagree i i think that this is going to be one that people are just kind of like they just forget about it i think this is a very forgettable film Um, yeah but if you've seen other studio ghibli films you watch this and it's it's incredibly disappointing and honestly like disheartening because so many people are so passionate about all the other incredible Studio Ghibli films that watching something like this makes no sense that it could come out of the same place. So with that, let's let's rapid fire. What are the worst things about your wig? The worst things about your wig. So just just list them off. These things that like okay. I'm not sure if we adequately captured just how bad this okay. film is. There is no world. There's no concept None. of a of a world, of a universe, of a We didn't even know where she was from right. for like the first twenty minutes. We had no idea. There's very little music. There's very little uh, relationships that mm-hmm. you actually care about. They don't really form or develop any relationships between characters they, well, well, that you feel invested in. Right, and they can't develop relationships because none of them have any real personality. None of them have any real character to base up. You have no idea what drives any of these yeah. people or who these people are. Right. You don't know, so they can't form relationships Yeah, there's very little arc. There's very little arc to these characters. You're not, like, rooting for them. You don't have... Mm -hmm. Like, they don't give you any kind of emotional response. I I straight up didn't like Earwig. I was like, Earwig, you kind of (laughs) suck. I was like, you're, like, not a good kid. I I liked her better, and I think seeing it in Japanese was definitely just a a way better experience. But, Julia, you made a really great point that I wanted to bounce off of, which was about the world. I'm not clear what place witches have in this world. Like, it's something where it's like everyone is, like, ignoring the magic at first, so you're like, does it exist? And then suddenly people are, like, calling up Beliaga being like, yeah, I would like for my wife to, uh, I would like for my wife to love me again. Oh, yeah, Bella, I'm looking to get a dog uh, into a contest. Uh, Hey, Bella, I'm looking to bake a pie. When you've seen something like spirited away that is the world is so developed and everything is so intricate it it, it's mind-blowing that this could come out of this same place well what's funny is that it's like they so one thing about spirited away that and and some other miyazaki films that is i think is really commendable is that the worlds are so well developed that they don't need to explain any of it right exactly you have the feeling that it extends beyond what you're seeing um 
And in doing so, there's this beauty of like, oh, well, I don't need to see the rest of the world because what I'm seeing is already so rich and in depth that I'm sure the rest of it must be the same way. Um, And Goro Miyazaki kind of was like, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make a world, not explain it, just like Hayao Miyazaki did, um, only this one's going to be bad. And so it like makes it so... But there wasn't even a world. That's what I'm saying is like... Hayao Miyazaki never explains his worlds, never explains like what, what certain things in the worlds are because they don't need them. And every frame tells a story. Exactly. Right. Right. This film took the same approach of not telling you about the world while not giving you any context about the world. (laughs) Yeah. And so you have these confusion, these confusing things like the Mandrake's writing is being reviewed in the local newspaper. Is it just like local writer, the Mandrake, right. <laughs> like released another like fanfic? It's like well, what is happening here? Um, and here's a weird thing that I'm just hitting on now. There, even the magic in this, it fucking sucks. Why would you want to be a witch? There's no cool magic at all. Even though she like, has to thing- spend hours to make one little potion. It seems strictly to be potions. Potions. Yeah. That's it. Think of the magic in Ponyo. As as Ponyo is being driven into like the underwater world and you get to see the scientist and and it just makes even the sea seem magical. Or in Howl's Moving Castle, the furnace and the roasting plate of eggs and the the fire coming up from underneath or or Kiki's delivery service, just just kind of the the glory of flying through the sky. Nothing is like that. Because even though the whole like tentacle hit reminded me of in Princess Mononoke when like the the prince is hit with the gigantic boar tentacle in the beginning it's wild and and the fact that it literally the magic the first big cool magical thing was was earwig's mom taking off a strand of hair throwing it and it it literally just looks like it came it it turned into a handful of earthworms right was so uncool and that's the only like exigent spell that you see you see cast that the mandrake doesn't like do by accident it's like it's so so good i love this movie i love it i was lying i actually love it (laughs) what what, what the funny thing was is i looked up a review of the movie and i looked up like which we should have done before yes i looked up a quick description of like what the movie is about before you watch it and it says like earwig discovers that she is the daughter of a very powerful witch and i'm like (laughs) no she doesn't I'm like, no, she doesn't. No, first she doesn't all, discover that. She and does if not. She discover does. That. They didn't tell second, us that. Second, what the witch can summon earthworms? Like that is like the extent of her power. Like, like you don't see Gandalf doing that shit. You don't see like uh, Harry Potter being like, you better stay back, Voldemort, or I'll give you worms. And like that's, it's just so <laughs> anticlimactic. Oh. Yeah. So, like the movie, it literally is ten minutes of like of earwig being in the orphanage yeah and it's it's okay because there are other characters it's sure. like it's better than the rest and followed by an hour and f- six minutes of earwig go pick raspberries earwig go pick nettles like opening doors earwig, and walking acorns. into rooms that like it's like being stuck in the tutorial mission of a game for the entire yeah. game yes yes and it's endless and then there's four minutes of earwig hanging out with a completely new and unearned relationship with right. the people it was like i i feel like i we are doctors now okay and earwig the bloated corpse of earwig the movie not the child has just been pulled up the 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 ethereal artistic corpse has been pulled out from a local river and they're saying doctor doctor you need to amputate reconfigure some stuff you are the dr frankenstein you get to remake this 
could this have been made better? Like I was thinking, could like if Hayao Miyazaki was directing this script, could it have had merit? Right. Mm. I'm not even sure of that, but like, do, what 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 could have made this even a five out of ten? What would you have done? Uh, I, I would have kept the name and taken everything else out. <laughs> um. Uh, I would have kept seriously and, and here's the thing like the characters themselves had very interesting appearances they looked cool besides the the actual style of animation like the character concepts they looked neat I was like okay I dig it I dig the protag having weird anime hair every anime protagonist has weird hair all of them but mm-hmm. but like I was just yeah I, I would keep that and everything else I would say, okay, burn that, and we're going to make an entirely new story. I just want to know how they watched it back and thought, oh, yeah, yeah this, this is, is good. good. Yeah. Like, yeah. not they didn't think once, mm, yeah, we probably shouldn't uh, produce this one. Yeah, absolutely. And this is based on a, a actual children's book by Diana Wynne-Jones, yeah. who is a, a UK-based like children's I'd book author. I'd be interested to read that. Where it almost makes me wonder, is this like a really juvenile, like, or like a really young, young, like toddler children's book where they're like, and then Earwig went out to the countryside and picked up some nettles. And on the next day, the evil Bella Yaga told her to go out to the right, forest right, right, right. and pick up some blubberies, you know, like, is <laughs> some that blubberies. some blubberies? Is that it? Um, Could be. I don't know. So, 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 Julia, I mean, any, any rehabilitation here? Any cool ideas? No, I see the thing is that they don't expand on anything enough for me to even have like to get an idea of what how things could be different because there's such little detail. Mm. What like, I don't know what it could look like. Yeah, I I just get rid of it. I, I mean, Pax, what what would you do if you could if you have this homunculus corpse in your hands? Uh, what would you do? I'm just realizing that they found like the car with the like tentacle evil mouth yep. at the front of it in Bella Yaga's house, which makes no sense because yeah. she wasn't involved in that, right? But she was. Clearly, what that tells me is Bella Yaga was chasing her right. and trying to uh, take her out. Trying to kill or her. Or something, or get her back to stop her from doing something. Okay, which, so Which, by go. the way, if you're going to pop someone's rear tire on a motorcycle, they're dead. <laughs> like, what, All right, what, everybody. what was the plan? Okay, doctor. Let, let's script Dr. Pax lay it down. The year is 2003. Okay. We Great. open on a huge musical montage mm-hmm. of... of um, Earwig's mother and this great amazing band. You see young Manticore, you see young or Mandrake, you see you see young Mandark, you see young Beliaga. <laughs> amazing huge soaring scene. There's fireworks in the air. It's awesome. You see some shadowy conversation happening with the mother and Beliaga. She gets on her motorbike. She skids off into the distance. She's going. You don't learn about that until the end. As she's going, amazing car chase where she's going in and out. You see, oh my God, it was Bella Yaga from before. You thought that they were friends in the car and you see that it's her in the car. And she's chasing and she's chasing. She summons worms 
all types of magic until whoosh, Bella Yaga goes off of a cliff. Oh my God, what just happened? Suddenly the mother pulls up to the orphanage. Hectic, help, help, you need to take my child, take my child. You see headlights in the distance. Bella Yaga is back. The child gets dropped off. Boom. As we head into it, orphanage part, the same. We go, Bella Yaga is picking that up. Oh my God, it's like Matilda vibes where it's like when, mm-hmm. when Madame yeah. Trunchbull is, uh, you know, all that stuff. What is happening with Bella Yaga? After you take about 45 minutes away from that story inside the house, 45 minutes away, and you just do a fucking speed run of like um, immediately earwig just doing pranks on Bella Yaga, trying to like learn their heart. There's this huge blow up. And then the last 45 minutes of the movie is explaining, oh, hey, Bella Yaga was really scared because the mother went against these 12 witches and was trying to stop her and bring her back and stop her from doing this thing. Maybe she was trying to give away the daughter because they had this rule that there could only be 12 witches. And if a new witch was born, that witch needed to be killed or something like that. And and because of like the strict council rules and Bella Yaga was trying to bring her back, please don't throw away your life like this. They find out that the mother's been kept and has been caught and is in this kind of like jail with the 12 witches. They need to break in. The mandrake is there, Bella Yaga, they, they practice with all this magic, the cat has a cool thing where it goes up, knocks over potions, they're taking out witches until there's eventually kind of a heart-to-heart and in Miyazaki-style, violence is not the answer, they find a way to resolve it, but that is the type of thing that I think could have made this movie cool, is following any of the natural plot points, following anything. I was much more into anything. listening you say yeah, that yeah, yeah, than yeah, so uh, the movie. In the movie, yeah. <laughs> right, is following anything like that, all yeah. the natural questions, which uh, are just non-existent, are non-existent, like... But instead, we have a much better movie. Because I've seen good movies before. If you want to watch a good Miyazaki movie, just watch one of those other ones. But this one is valuable in that it's such a masterclass in what not to do. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean? This is, for real, What probably on the same level of bad writing as like Suicide Squad. Like, yeah. it's really just completely insane that this got produced by the by the most renowned 2d yeah. animation studio yeah. in the world in the world that's been studio ghibli for decades and that yeah, that's for disappointing. their first 3d this was what they made <sighs> it almost seems intentional a little bit it's almost like go- it it's almost like hayao miyazaki hates his son and is just not telling him when yeah, he does stuff like, like this <laughs> have fun oh fly. yeah this is fly, fly, told him this was great yeah yeah like you will never surpass me young padawan <laughs> you will continue to make the most embarrassing things that shame our family's name he won the first he won the first japanese version of the golden raspberries wow yeah for his tales from earthy thing so it's kind of where we go. So would we recommend uh, Earwig and the Witch to anybody, <laughs> gang? Three, two, one. No. 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 <laughs> I'm dropping the bit. Don't watch this movie. Anything else with your life. If you do, get your honey, get get your hot significant other like Hal and Julia have done, and watch it and roast it with them. Now, here's the thing. Would you recommend they roast it in English still, or was it too painful to even do that? I I haven't seen the Japanese, so I I can't really say. Um, All I can say is if you... If you're easily irritated... Don't even try. Well, if you if, <laughs> if if you if you enjoy like squeezing lemon juice in your eyes, then I would definitely recommend watching it in English. If that's like the kind of level of pain that you enjoy experiencing, right. would you like paper cuts? Like in between mm. the webbings of your fingers? Yes. Ooh. Yep. 
So shout to all our Brotaku's pain pigs out there. Donald, if you're still listening, I know you were getting off from losing that election, man. I know you're all about that. We're <laughs> doing the callback. Earwig is for you watching the English. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll love it, buddy. <laughs> um, it's got your favorite actress, Rosie O'Donnell, in it. It'll be amazing. Um, my God. Uh, Oh, 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 last thing I want to ask the actual performances, like the actual voices in English, were they okay? Like, the Mandrake was good. That was it. Okay. He didn't say much. It was actually better when they didn't speak. <laughs> I could totally see that. It was very it rough. It was better so, um, when they didn't speak. Like, even the main <sighs> character, I was like, <sighs> yeah. So, it, uh, is this the worst anime thing we've ever seen? Because it might be the worst for me. This is the worst animated film ever that I've ever seen. And I've seen <laughs> Alpha and Omega five times because my little sister loved it as a little kid. I would rather watch Alpha and Omega than watch Earwig and the Witch. I'd rather watch Alvin and the Chipmunks than watch this shit again. This is <laughs> yeah. terrible. This is yeah. legitimately terrible. So um, that said, anything else we wanted to kind of bring up as we uh, have wrapped this, this roast of Earwig? No, just take care of yourself. Don't watch this film. Be kind to yourself. Care. Literally anything else. But um, yeah. that said, Julia, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to have on. you. It's such a joy Thanks, to have guys. <laughs> and thank you for bringing intelligent direction to this while we were busy talking about the worms crawling inside the demon's ass. <laughs> Like, this was so necessary because without you here, this would have devolved. Like, we would have gotten so far off, we would not have stayed on topic. So, thank you so much, Julia. I can't keep up with you guys. You're too much. You have a good time on Brotaku's, Julia? I had a great time. Yeah. We had a great time having you. All right. um, We ready for the outro? The outro? Yes. Man, uh, this movie has made me a a weaker, dumber person. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, with all that, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or review us on your favorite podcasting app. It really does make a difference and every review counts. We will make sure to give you a shout out on the air to show our appreciation, but more than that, we got this video channel going. You're gonna be seeing clips. You're gonna be seeing highlights. You're gonna be seeing beautiful faces. You're gonna be really confused because we're all way hotter than your average mm-hmm. anime homies. Wait a mm-hmm. second, that's not even true because these days, everyone who watches anime is hot and cool. Hot your favorite rappers do it. Your favorite uh, actors do it. Michael absolutely. B. Jordan can't get enough of it. And Samuel that's really L. Jackson what... loves it. Does Samuel L. Jackson watch anime? Uh, yeah, 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 he does. And hentai. And hentai. That makes sense. I buy that. <laughs> I buy that. <laughs> So that said, to all of our hot listeners, um, thank you so much uh, for watching. Hit us up on YouTube and Facebook as well, because the YouTube is going to be a big part of what we're trying. You're going to get to see my Hedwig cosplay for today. Mm-hmm. And um, with that said, all right, I'm Pax. And I'm Hal. And we're the Bro Takus. See you next week, guys. Bye, guys. I didn't know <laughs> I got the magic in me. <laughs>